Okay, let's go. Let's get started. Today's daf in Maseches Nazir is daf Nun Hey 55. We're starting the top of Nun Hey Amud Aleph at Lema Kitanoi. So quickly, let's just recap what we had finished off with yesterday in order to appreciate today's sugya. We're going to actually have two separate sugyas we'll deal with today. A uh, short daf today happens to be, Baruch Hashem. So let's go. We have, yesterday we left off with a shayla. We had a shayla, Eretz Amim. We know Chazal made a, some sort of a gezeira in regards to out, land outside of Eretz Yisrael, that if you go there, you become Tameh on some rabbinic level. So we had a Shiloh. What was the reasoning for that? Either it was Mishum Avira or Mishum Gusha. And we explained what does that mean. Is Avira would mean Chazal made a Gezeira. They just don't want people leaving Eretz Yisrael. So they said if you leave Eretz Yisrael, even if you leave Eretz Yisrael in some sort of an enclosure, so it blocks you from potential tumah in the ground, the very essence of being in the airspace of Chutz Aretz, because they don't want you to leave Eretz Yisrael will make you considered Tameh. That's Mishim Avira. Mishim Gusha is, is, seems like more of a practical type tumah. The way the Rishonim explained it is that there were unmarked graves in Chutz Aretz. And if you, you go to, so as to say they killed Jews, they didn't mark their graves. Uh, potentially it could be a little bit Nogea to, I guess really it's more Nogea to, to, to Jews because Goyim is... Maga Masa, Bukhar Nat Ohel. Well, unfortunately, uh, you go, go through Germany and uh, yeah, Poland, it might not be so push it, you know. That, uh, unfortunately, there's, you know. It's, so if you say Mishum Gusha, yeah. If you say Mishum Gusha, so then, Lachara, if the Gezerah was because you might be Mahil, you might pass over an area that there's you know, dead bodies buried that are unmarked, so then it would be, you would actually be tummy if you were in some sort of a container. Uh, excuse me, you would not be tummy. You would not be tummy if you're in some sort of a container because the container would block the tumma emanating from the ground. That was the shiloh we had yesterday. So what's the reasoning? So if, if, if you're in a container, fly, it'll block fly, you. Fly over a, uh, oh, so it happens to be this sugya that we're about to do has a lot of implications in regards to that shiloh. That shiloh, my father was just mentioning, I, I haven't really looked into it much, but it's very interesting that apparently Elal redirected certain... Right. Certain di- um, certain flight plans in order to avoid I don't know if it was Harmanuchas Harazesim I have to look up exactly what it was. Yeah, whatever. Just as an idea, because in Achinami metal is mekabel tuma. It wouldn't be chotzitz. It wouldn't block the tuma, and therefore you would actually have an issue with Kohanim. So therefore, and is this shi- this that that Shiloh would tie into this sugi very much. The Gemara now tries to say leima ketanoi. Let us suggest that this is actually contingent on a machlokis tanoim. So that means to say that the idea that Eretz is Chutzla'aretz is metame either because of Avira or because of Gusha, perhaps that is actually based on a machlokis tanoim as we're about to show. So let's see this inside now. The Gemara tells us, the Bryce says, Anichnas la'aretz amim. Somebody enters Chutzla'aretz, the land of the nations. Besheida teva umigdal. He enters it in a carriage which is some sort of a uh, carried, people are carrying this uh, enclosed box, teva, a chest, migdal, a closet, something that contains the individual. Fine. So Rebbe Metam of Rebbe Yudah, Rebbe Yudah Metzah, Rebbe says he's Tameh, Rebbe Yudah says he's Tahor. Now, Lachara, what's the basis of this Machloikis? My love, wouldn't that be the understanding of the Machloikis? The guy's in some sort of an enclosed container, and Rebbe says he's Tameh, and Rebbe Yudah says he's Tar. My love, Rebbe Savar Mishum Avira. Rebbe Lachara holds that the Gezerah Chazal put on being Metameh Chutz 
is because of Avira. So even though he's in some sort of a container, nonetheless, he's still going to be Tame. Rabbi says, no, it's an issue of becoming Tame based on unmarked graves, and therefore it's only direct contact or ohel contact with the earth that causes you to become Tame. Since he's in an enclosure here, he's not going to be Tame. So it seems to be a Mephorsha Brysa that shows this is actually contingent on a Machleikis Tanoi. The Gemara doesn't want to say it's a Machleikis Tanoi. We're going to have three Pirchas to this. So we're going to go through three Pirchas. Two of them are going to try to say both Tanoim could actually hold Gusha, and the middle one is going to say Mishum Aviros. The Gemara says, this is the first Pircha. Tikuli Alma Mishum Gusha. Really, it could be everybody agrees that the Gezerah of Chazal was because of Gusha, unmarked graves, contact with unmarked graves, even through Ohel, would make you Tameh. And Lachar then, Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi Yehuda's position is very logical, because Rabbi Yisrael Rabbi Yehuda says he's Tahar. There's a blockage over here that the closet is blocking the Tomas Ohel from emanating towards you. But then you have to understand Rabbi's position. Why does Rabbi say Tameh if it's Mishum Gusha? So it's really based on a different Machlaikis. Ohel Zarak. Ohel Zarak means a throne literally a thrown tent. But what it means over here is, is there a capacity for the box that the person's in to be chotzeitz, block the tumah that's emanating from the earth, even in motion, even while it's moving? That's the shaila. At this point, we're not distinguishing between thrown or carried, as long as it's moving. Rabbi Yehuda says, Oihel Zaruk Shmei Oihel, Marsav or Oihel Zaruk Shmei Oihel, that even though it's moving, as long as it is an Oihel, it is a blockade, we're changing the interpretation of Oihel here, it means as long as it is a Oihel, it has some sort of a blockage, a separation based on the having a container between you and the earth, that's still considered a separation. And since that's considered a separation, and the Gezerah was only because of Gusha, you're not Tameh. Umar Savar, but Rebbe holds Loishme Oihel. Very interesting. Rebbe says a chatzitza or some blockage can only stop the Tumma from emanating and, and making you tame in a scenario where it's stationary. But where it's moving or thrown, that's the example here, that would actually allow the Tumma to penetrate, causing you to become tame. That's the Machlaikis Tanoim. But everybody would agree. Gusha, just a shaila while it's moving, is it chotzit? Does it block the Tumma? Rabbi says that that moving thing still is considered an ohel, a blockade. And Rebbe says not, and therefore you'd be considered tummy. So the Gemara says, Vahatanya, there's a machlekes rishayinim here. Very often, Vahatanya is a kasha. Sometimes it's benichusa, it's a raya. Here, the Gemara, we're going to learn that it's a kasha. Others learn it's a raya. But Vahatanya, the problem is, we have a brice that seems to contradict the psak that we said in Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda. Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yehuda, we just said, holds that while the box is moving, the container is moving, it's still able to block the tumma. It's still considered an ohel. The problem is, the Brisa teaches Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah, Rabbi Yudah says, Teva shehi melea kalim. If you have a container that is full of kalim, okay, so you have a container that is full of uh, vessels, vizarka al mes, and you took that trunk and you threw it over a dead body. So it didn't touch the dead body, but it means no. it passed over the airspace of the dead body. Says Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehuda in the Brisa, take out the word Ba'ohel out. Temeya, the kalim become Tameh. Now, the only way that that would become Tameh is because you say, Ohel Zaruk, Loshme Ohel, that the moving or thrown chest does not act as an interposition. It doesn't act as a breakage or a separation between the mace and those kalim. And, and Rabbi Yezir finishes off, but if it was stationary over the dead person, 
tahora. The kalim would remain tahora. Obviously, it appears very clear that his position here is ohel zaruk loshme ohel. It's only when it's stationary that it acts as an interposition. But where it's moving, the oh, the tuma will be contracted to the kalim. So you see very clearly he holds ohel zaruk loshme ohel, and you can't explain the machlokas as we explained in the first approach. So that approach is rejected. Elo, the Gemara says the second approach, to say that it's not a machlokis tanoim if it's avira or mishim gusha, but rather there's another way to explain the machlokis. Elo dekule yalma mishum avira. Really both Rabbi and Rabbi Yisra, Rabbi Yehuda would hold the issue is avira. Now, now, if you go with avira, so Rabbi's position becomes very logical. Rabbi's position is the gezerah because of avira, even though you're in some sort of an enclosure, you're still in the airspace of Eretz Yisrael, so you're tameh. But why would Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda say that in your Tahor? So the Gemara says, Umar Savar, Rabbi Yosef Rabbi Yehuda says, it's not a common situation. It's not normal that you're carried through chutzla'aretz in a box, even in some sort of a uh, carried box by other people, a trunk, a closet. These are not normal situations. And in non-normal situations, Chazal didn't extend their gezerah. So, since it's not an ordinary situation, the Rabbanan did not extend their gezerah of Tumas chutzla'aretz to that situation. So therefore, even though really it would penetrate through the box because it's Mishum Avira, this is an abnormal situation. The Gezer didn't extend it. Umar Safar Rebbe holds, even though it is not a common situation, the Gezer of Chazal was also made in that uncommon scenario. And therefore, the Tummah would carry through the box because of Avira, just like in a normal situation of Avira and Chutzlaretz. And now, the Gemara, based on that, the Gemara says, Fatanya bin now we actually have a raya from Abraisa to support Rabbi Yossi Rabbi Yehuda holding this way, that the gezerah of Tumas, Tumas Eretz Amim wasn't made in an abnormal situation or an irregular situation. Because the Braisa says, If somebody enters Chutz Laaretz in a carriage, trunk, or closet, which is an abnormal way to be carried around, Tahor. He remains Tahor. The Sakhar, why? Because it's an abnormal situation. The Gezer didn't extend there. And the Braisa finishes off, If he goes into Chutz Laaretz, Karon is a wagon. Um, it's a yeah, ox like an ox-drawn wagon versus earlier what we learned. Shade is something that's carried by people. Uvisvina or in a boat, Uviskaria, or in a ship with a mast. Meaning the point is is that that's a normal way to travel. So there, Tame, he will become Tame. The point is why? Because Tomas Chutzlaritz is because of Avira. And even though he's in some sort of a structure, this is a normal way to travel, he will become Tame. So this second Pirchat, uh, to say it's not a machlokas tanoim, is accepted. And therefore, the Gemara tells us the machlokas could be, everyone agrees, Mishum Avira. The only machlokas is, is the Gezerah of Chazal extended to an irregular type travel situation as well. Rabbi Yis, Rabbi Yehuda says it is. Um, it's not, excuse me, Rabbi Yis, Rabbi Yehuda says it's not, and that's why he's tar when he's carried in some sort of a trunk. Rebbe says it's even extended to this irregular situation, and the uh, <clears throat> Tumah will still go through while he's in some sort of a trunk. That's Pircha number two. The Ibai say, Ma, the Gemara says, I'll tell you a third potential way to explain the machlokis without saying it's necessarily a, a machlokis if it's Avira or Gusha. It, alternatively, you could say, Hachash, really, really and, and you have to add in over here, everybody agrees it's Mishum Gusha. Really, both Rebbe and Rabbi Yosef, Rabbi Yudah, hold the Gezero is because of unmarked graves. And thus, Chazal said, if you're mahil over an area of unmarked graves, you should be considered tame. Aye, but we said that, then the box should block the tumah. And then why would Rebbe say it's tame? 
So the Gemara says, V'ibai seima hacha shemi yoytzi roisha verubai l'sham pligi. There's a gezeira, it's like a shtickle gezeira on a gezeira here, but what come out is like this. There's a gezeira, you might stick your head and most of your body outside of the box. So really, everybody would agree the box is chotzeitz b'fnei tumah. means the box should block the tumah, excuse me, no. Yeah, yeah, the box should block the tumah because the whole gezeira is gusha, and the box therefore would block the tumah of unmarked graves. Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehud is logical, because it blocks the Tumah. Rabbi says, maybe we're worried you might stick your head outside of the box in the course of travel. So they said, you're Tumah even before you stick your head outside of the box. This Rabbi Yehud says, we're not geyser that far. Lemai say you're protected now, so there's no reason to worry. Let's read that inside. Seems like a vite vi- gezeira. Why yeah, he yeah. Ah. So that's what Rabbi Yossi, Rabbi Yehud is going to say. I hear, I hear. I guess Chazal really were 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 uh, on Tuma. That's the point. Let's see. Vatanya and the Gemara says that I skip. That's Rabbi's position. Rabbi says you might put your head out. So therefore, even before you put your head out, it's like you contracted Tuma with the ground. And Rabbi says no. Lamai say you didn't put your head out. So there's no reason to make, be geyser that far. Vatanya and on this, the Gemara says I'll bring you a raya to this because Rabbi Yosef Rebbe Oimer. Rabbi Yosef Rebbe says very clearly. Somebody that enters Chutz La'aretz, B'Sheda Teva Migdal, in some sort of an enclosed structure. Tahor, he remains Tahor. Why does he remain Tahor? Because there's no Gezeir, you might put your head out. However, Ad Shiyotzi Lasham, take out the word O, Lasham Rosho Verubo, unless you actually put out your head or most of your body. If you emerge, so then you'll become Tameh. But before that, there's no Gezeira. And this would emerge a supporter, Bis Rabbi Yehuda, and to this third Pircha, as opposed to Rabbi, who says there's a Gezeira, you might uh, protrude your head and most of your body. Thus, there's a Gezeira, even before you do that, that you would be considered Tameh. Now, the Rishonim speak at something interesting here is that Rabbi Yehuda in this Territ seems to hold. In this tarot, he seems to hold that it's only when you actually put your head out that you might become Tameh. The problem is, we just finished saying in the, in the Raya before, in the first Raya actually, as a refutation of the first Raya, that Rabbi Yosef Yehuda holds, Ohel Zaruk lo Shmei Ohel. So meaning, even while it's traveling, Lechora, it shouldn't be Chotzis Bifnei Tumah. So how can you say over here, you're only going to be Tameh if you put your head out? You should be Tameh while it's moving in the first place, as we explained, Rabbi Yosef Yudashita in the Brisa before. So they explained there must be, there's a distinction between Ohel Zaruk and an Ohel that's carried. Meaning, if it's totally off the ground, there we're going to say it doesn't act as an interposition. If it's carried and something is in contact with the ground, people are holding the box, somebody's... So there we will say it does act as a separation, and the only time you'll be tummy is if you actually put out Rosho Verubo. Is the hot water ready over there? I'm gonna, gonna... All right, let's continue. We're holding now bottom of Nunheim Aleph. So now we're going to refer back to the Mishnah. It's the second point of the day. So back in the Mishnah, Nadalad Amadal, if we said that there are scenarios that if a person contracts these types of Tumah, nonetheless, they will, they will have to undergo Tahara. Excuse me. After they become purified from their Tumah, they will continue to count the days of Nizirus. So that meant that the original days they counted are not forfeited. They become Tameh, so they have to undergo Tahara, not being able to continue counting for the Naziris period, but following Tahara, they'll be able to continue counting, including the original days that they've already counted. Now, Bipashtas, the way we understood that, this is Halacha Lamosha Messinai, just as an example, which we're going to focus on here. By the Mitzorah, we said a unique thing. Mitzorah, in the Mishnah, we said 
What happens with the Mitzorah? So remember, remember, there's distinct periods in the Tahara of Mitzorah. There's the Yemei Hesker, the days that he's locked up, but it's undetermined. It's not determined yet that he's Tameh. And then there's Yemei Chaluto, and there's the days of purification. Chaluto is when he's definitely Tameh, and the purification is the seven days following the definite Tumah, where he also has to undergo shaving on day one and day seven. Fine. So now the Mishnah told us he can continue counting after, continue counting including his original days after he becomes purified from those tumos, including Mitzorah. The Pashtas, that's a halach So that would mean, let's just speak that out for a second. But we understood what does that mean. It means, let's say he, count, he had a 30 day Naziris. He counted 15 days. He became a Mitzorah. Now, during the days of, during the days of, uh, Hesker, during the days we actually said in our Mishnah, during the days that he's um, a Suffolk, he's not yet determined to be a Nazir, so during those days actually he can continue counting, as we said in the Mishnah. But during the days of Chalutin, the days that he was certainly Tameh, as well as the days following before he's actually bringing his Karbanos, which means he does shaving on day one and day seven, those count, he actually cannot count during those days, but he doesn't forfeit the original days that he counted. That's the way we interpret it. The Pashtas is halacha l'moshim misinai, because this seems to be a chiddush altogether. Tumah, etc., not con- contradicting and ruining your original days. Rav Chizda comes along and he tries to say, actually, this is a practical measure, that the reason that you can maintain your original days, <coughs> and you don't forfeit them, and you can't count the days in between, it's a practical reasoning. It's not as much based on halacha l'moshim misinai. So what is Rav Chizda going to say? Rav Chizda says like this, you can only include the original days and not continue counting as the days in the middle. That's a unique situation. <coughs> it's a situation where you're dealing with Naziros Meruba. That's what he's going to say. So uh, let, let's read his words inside, then we'll explain. So Amar Avchizdor, Avchizdor comes along and he says like this. When do we not consider the days of Tumah, the actual days of Tumah, to in, be included in his count? Right? When is that? It's only true by a minimal Naziris. Now, generally, this is understood as a 30-day Naziris. Naziris Muetas means the minimal time period of Naziris. Now, what's he saying? Why would that be? Because if it's a Naziris Muetas, you accept that on yourself an ordinary 30-day Naziris. Let's say you counted 15 days before you became Tame. At the end of the Mitzvah's period, he has to shave off all of his hair. But in order for a Nazir to shave for the mitzvah, he has to have 30 days of hair growth. So therefore, in such a situation, you cannot consider the days of Tumah to contribute to the, towards the Naziris period, because anyways, you're going to have to count 30 days after. So you forfeit whatever you've counted already. <coughs> you forfeit what you've already counted already, because you're going to have to count 30 days after for Naziris to have Gidul Sar, 30 days of hair growth. But when it comes to a longer accepted days of Naziros, Mislak Nami, Salkin Lake, excuse me, the days of Tumah would be able to act as a con- contribution towards his days of Naziros. Now, why is that? It's a big Kiddush that we're saying over here. Why is that? Because let's say you accepted a 60 day Naziros. So, with the inclusion of the days of Tumah, you could still have potentially 30 days of hair growth after. In such a situation, you can actually include the days in tum- of Tumah in your count, and then what would emerge is that would not only not detract the original, the days of Tumah would also contribute to the, um, to the overall Naziros 
count. And Rav is saying this is just the logical thing because if it was a minimal Nazirus and you're shaving, you're going to have to finish those 30 days after. You cannot have Gidol Sar otherwise. Versus a Meruba, you could have Gidol Sar of 30 days after, and therefore the days in between of Tumah could contribute towards the Nazirus count. Now, Rav Shrav is going to challenge Rav Chizda because it's very difficult in the words of the Mishnah. The Mishnah didn't imply this. So Master Rav Shrav, Rav Shrav says, the logic you're saying is difficult. Because our Mishnah stated, it says, the days of Toma are not able to contribute to your Naziris count. You can immediately start counting after Tahara is achieved, right? which would mean day 7 for the, for the Mitzvah, for example. But the days of Tzaras, of Chalutin, the days of Sifra, of counting, those don't contribute. Right? We stated a rule in our Mishnah. The original days you counted could contribute. The days of Tuma cannot contribute. Now, according to your standard that you just set, that Mu'etes, the minimal Nazir's period, none of those days contribute. And Meruba, all of those days theoretically could contribute. So, Bemai, well, what's the case of our Mishnah then regarding the Mitzorah? If you're talking about where he had accepted a 30-day Nazirus on himself, you can't include the original days. You can't include the middle days for sure, but you can't include the original days because you cut your hair as the mitzvah at the end of it. You need 30 more days for sure. You can't even include, you should say the codemen are lost. The original days are lost. Turning to Nehemad Beis, El Olav, it must be, what's the Mishnah talking about? It's talking about where you had an extended sort of Nazirus. And yet the Mishnah says, our Mishnah said, when are you allowed to restart counting? When you've become Tahor. But what about the days of Toma? Those don't contribute to the overall Nazirus. And Yurav Chizdar is saying, even the days of Toma can contribute to the overall Nazirus so long as you have 30 days after. But you see clearly from our Mishnah, which is talking about Nazirus Meruba, you cannot contribute the, min the, the days in between because it says clearly you lose the you lose the days of you don't contribute the middle days. You can only include the days before. So this, this is a refutation. The, the simple pshat in our Mishnah seems to be a refutation to Rav Chizda. So Rav Shravya tries to attempt to re-explain the words of Rav Chizda. Usually the words muetes nazir muetes. Nazirus Mu'etes refers to a 30-day Nazirus. He's going to try to say, no, maybe that's not what it means over here. Maybe what it means over here, Nazirus Mu'etes, really what it means is you have remaining a Nazirus Mu'etes. Meaning, you had 50 days, you had a 50-day Nazirus. He counted 20 days, and then he became Tame as a Mitzayra. 30 days remains. That's what Rav Chizda really meant when he said, and that's how we're going to explain the Mishnah now. When he said, Nazirus Mu'etes, it meant a remaining period of time exists equal to a Nazirus Mu'etes, which means 30 days. And in this situation, what we're going to say is, this is the scenario of our Mishnah. The days of Toma will not contribute, but you don't lose the original 20 days you counted, as you would still have days at the end that you can say 30, which will contribute to an overall Gidol Sar. So, who most of Rav Shravya asked this question from our Mishnah against Rav Chizda, and he resolved it. He resolved it as follows. When Rav Chizda said Mu'etes, what he meant to say was, You could give different examples with this, but... This is the example the Gemara gives. It's an Azirus of 50 days. He accepted originally a 50-day Nazirus period. The Yosef Estrim, he kept 20 of those days. On day 20, he developed Zeras. 
Now let's say his tsaras was for 10 days. Let's just say for example. So he was a mitzara for 10 days, let's say. A whole process. It's probably more. But yasiv. So what's going to happen now is he can shave from mitzaras, vahadar yasiv tlasin yomid nazir. And then he can keep 30 more days of nazirus, which means... He doesn't forfeit the Kodman. He does not forfeit the original 20 days that he counted. Why? So the way that he's interpreting Rav Chizda now is, Rav Chizda was saying, where you have a remaining Nezirus Mu'etes of your overall period, you do not necessarily have to ruin the days you already counted, albeit the days of Tumah. Certainly, you can't contribute to your overall Nazirus. And the fact that you're shaving, one could argue, you should lose the original days. No. Since you're going to have a Gidol Sar of 30 days following the, Nizira, the Mitzayra period, you can continue to retain the original days you had as well. Now, according to this shot, if you didn't have Nazirus Muetis following, meaning if he counted 15 days, uh, no, 25 days, excuse me, and another 25 days, it would be a problem. He wouldn't right. be able to keep the original days. But that's we're explaining it now. Now, what would happen, according to this, you have to fit in the words of Rav Chizda Merubah. So the, scenarios of Nizir, the scenario of Nazirus Merubah Lachar would emerge, that you're saying you can even contribute the days of Tumah. So what would come out then? He accepted a 60-day Nazirus, became Tameh on day 20. Not only can he continue to keep the original 20 days that he counted, but the implication would be now he actually could even um, continue counting the days of Tumah towards his overall Nazirus, which means it would emerge then that he'd be able to say the Tumah would last 10 days. He'd be able to say it was 20 days of counting, 10 days of Tumah. He would actually only have to count 30 more days after, not 40 days after. Meaning then it would emerge that the, the distinction between Mu'etes and Meruba that Rav Chiz is making is where it's Mu'etes, if, as long as there's 30 days after, you can maintain those 30 days, the days of Tumah will not cause you to forfeit the original days. But where it's more than that that will follow, you can actually include the days of Tumah in the overall count as well, which is a big chiddush. So now we're resolving the explanation of Rav Chizda that it's still, it's some sort of a logical distinction, not necessarily based on a halach lamash misinai. Now tomorrow we're going, we're going to stop here, but at the bottom of the Hamlet base, but tomorrow we're going to challenge even this understanding and have to create some sort of a resolution of Rav Chizda as well a second time. Chikoyach!